Welcome to Let's Talk About Jesus. Welcome to Let's Talk About Jesus, where we discuss issues and challenges of life along with solutions from the Word of God. Uh, so today on this program, I have Dr. Famaki, uh, where we are going to be talking about conforming to the new life in Christ. Conforming to the new life in Christ. Welcome to the program, Dr. Famaki. Thank you very much, Roberto. Glad to be here again. <laughs> Thank you for coming back on this program. And uh, I believe that as need be, you will be coming here to answer our questions or moment to thank everyone that has been watching let's talk about jesus uh whatever the channel you are watching us from we want to appreciate you and say thank you for continually watching let's talk about jesus uh today we are going to be talking like i said earlier about conforming to the life of christ um, of course, Dr. Farmaki is ready to answer our questions. And for those who are watching from the YouTube, from the Facebook, we want to say thank you. For those that are listening on the podcast, we want to say thank you uh, for listening. Thank you for sharing. And we believe that people will be healed through this program believe that people will come to know the Lord through this program. And so uh, our anchor text today, it's also 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, that says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, is a new creation, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Um, so today's topic, uh, to be in Christ is to take on the new life of Christ, but it is impossible to take on the new life in Christ without knowing him. Uh, we cannot know him without accept that he died for our sin. Jesus came in human form. He was battered just like you and I. And in his case, his mother Mary gave birth to him in Bethlehem of Judea. And so, uh, Dr. Farmakin, the first question for you today is that how possible is it for a man to die for the old world? Because sometimes that seems to be some bone of contentions for some people that know it is not possible. If he came like human form, how can you say that he died for my sin? So how possible could that be? Thank you very much, Rito. Um I know that uh, this is a very puzzling uh, uh, question for the philosopher and uh, for the wise men of the world. But the Bible tells us that with God, nothing shall be impossible. And uh, I also want to add that uh, there are principles of God. There are certain of God's design that we can neither use science or philosophy or any other means to explain or explore. The scriptures, a lot of time, gives us a solution 
alone to God, thinking God's plans, God's thoughts, and God's ways. So, um, I think generally, the way to answer that question is to just say, with God, nothing shall be impossible. But having said that, let me push it a little further by, I wish you would allow me to read a couple of scriptures. By reading a few scriptures, then we'll see the importance because beyond the, the possibility, already we know that uh, with God, nothing can be impossible. What is the importance? Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9 says this. It says, what, what we do see, I'm reading from the New Living Translation version, say, but what we do see is Jesus, who for a little while was given a position a little lower than the angels. And because he suffered death for us, he is now crowned with glory and honor. Yes, by God's grace, Jesus tasted death for everyone. So we see from that scripture, it was by God's design that Jesus must die for the whole world. Okay. Also in Romans chapter 5, verse 15 to 21, the Bible said, Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, and that means judgment of death, resulting in condemnation, even so, through one man's righteousness. And that's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. His righteousness, the free gift came to all men. And the free gift that the scripture is talking about there is the free gift of salvation. And that results in our justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So in the same way, in God's infinite wisdom, man's, by, one, by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. In other words, by Jesus Christ's obedience, the Bible says he obeyed even unto death. Therefore, God gave him a name that is above every other name, and that his name, all mankind may, may be saved at his name. Every name was bowed at his name. Every tongue was confessed that he is Lord. When you look at the plan of salvation, going all the way back to the Garden of Eden, we remember clearly the story of the fall. God gave a simple instruction. You can eat of all the trees in the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil right in the middle of the garden, you must not touch. The day you eat of it, you will surely die. But we know what happened. Adam and Eve went ahead and did just exactly what God said they should not do. So they died. Uh, but of the, 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 the problem is that we don't understand death the way God understands death. What God was telling Adam and Eve was a spiritual death that ensured that they are separated from him. The fellowship, those sweet fellowship time that they had with him, those times were going to be suspended forever. That was what the death that God was telling them about meant, which they did obviously did not understand at that time. And because God is so much in love with man, and he wants to restore us back to that relationship, he has to design a different method, a different scheme, a different plan, foolproof, that is open to all mankind, all races, all people, everywhere, black or white, whoever you may be so that all through him may be saved. Now, as Jesus was dying on the cross of Calvary, you will recall that at some point, he cried out in the book of Matthew chapter 27, verse 46, you see that he cried out, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? At that point, God took his attention from him because the eyes of God will not behold iniquity. Jesus was carrying the sin of the world. And at that death, 
He paid the price that removed the separation between man and God. So now, any man, any woman, any young man, any old man, any child can come to the Lord, to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. That is why we say in the book of Acts chapter 4, verse 12, that the salvation is found in no one less. For there is no other name under heaven given uh, to mankind by which we must be saved. So God decided that by the death of Jesus Christ, the access to him, which was blocked by the sin, the disobedience, the rebellion of Adam and Eve, will be opened again. This time around, not to Adam and Eve, but to all mankind. So it is God's plan. It is foolproof. This is the way the scripture explains it. And no human wisdom can know it better. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, Dr. Farmerkin. Um, so this is the follow-up on that. How does the new life in Christ looks like? Um, people hear it every now and then. Uh, we hear it in preaching, in teaching, in Sunday school, but sometimes to someone who is yet to know the Lord and who is probably interested in it and or watching now or later. And the person says, well, with all that you just said, okay, well, I start to think that you're kind of right, but how does the new life look like? Is there going to be difference from what I'm living right now or is it just going to be as it is? Thank you very much. Uh, in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, that um, we began the, uh, this program with the other time, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, from the new living translation, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. I love that so much, the way it was put there. Said, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Now, in the natural order of procreation, we know that like begets like. In other words, a parent organism will pass its uh, traits naturally to its offspring. That is why, you know, cats don't have to go to school to learn how to mill. When the time comes, they just naturally do it. Donkeys break because it was already wired into their personality to breathe as they grow, okay? Our cocks grow. Nobody teaches them to do that because it is wired into their gene to, to, grow, to grow just like a cock would do. So the new life there is simply being born of God. In other words, what we say, being born again, okay? Consequently, God must give back to God. That is to say, if by order of procreation, by natural order of procreation, life begets life, if God gives back, what can God give back to other than God's? And that is why the book of Psalm 86 verses says, say, I have said to you, you are God's, and all of you are children of the Most High. So then, um, the question to ask, having understood the fact that when God gives birth, in other words, when we get born again by God, we are gods. So then the next thing to ask and say, what are the dominant characters of God? What defines his person? Because he will naturally pass his traits to us when he gives birth to us, just like all other organisms passes their natural traits 
to their offsprings. In the book of Galatians chapter 5 verse 22, we see there, the Bible says that the fruit of the Spirit, in other words, the characters of God, you know, what makes God God? What defines His person? Our love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and so on and so forth, which all of us probably as what we have learned in Sunday school. So then, let me conclude by saying that the new life is a life characterized by the dominant attributes of God. In addition, the new life being dominated by the, being characterized by the dominant attributes of God, characters of God, places far greater value on eternal things than uh, things of this world. Okay? With the new life comes a change in appetite, a change in friendship, a change in pleasure. Your definition of pleasure, your definition of leisure is changed altogether. Whereas you play with sin, sin was fun to you at uh, before. Uh, with the new life comes a new nature that detests sin, that detests disobedience to God. Your understanding and outlook to various issues of life will change. Your stand on certain critical issues of life up to the point where you became born again changes altogether. You begin to see things differently. You begin to love God. You love the people of God. You love the things of God. Those are the things that happen to you when the uh, when God passes his traits to you. In other words, when you become born again. These are the things that characterize uh, the new life in Christ Jesus. Great. Thank you, sir. So, with all that you've said again, um, what are the steps that one has to take in order to be conformed to the new life in Christ? And how cumbersome these steps could be? Or are they just easy steps and then you move into easy life? Thank you very much for that question. Uh, in the last question that we just created, uh, I concluded that the new life is the life that showcases the characters of God and enables us to live the life that is pleasing to Him. Okay? So if we talk about conforming to the new life, then um, we may understand this by saying perhaps we are talking about becoming like Jesus. Okay? So then, if that is what we are talking about, then the question becomes, how do I become like Jesus? How do I conform to the new life? Because conforming to the new life simply means becoming like Jesus. So the question is, how do I become like uh, Jesus? Okay, so let's begin from the very beginning. First, you need to come to the Lord in humility, acknowledging that you are a sinner. You need to repent of your sins genuinely and ask for forgiveness and cleansing by the blood of Jesus. You need to ask the Holy Spirit to come into your heart. And then, at that point, you become a child of God. Because the Bible says in the book of John chapter 1 verse 12, it said to them that receive him, God gave to them rights. Another scripture says the power to become the sons of God. So, you have become a child of God. It's as simple as that. You see, the wonderful thing about the plan of God for salvation and conforming to the new life is so simple, so straightforward that uh, a lot of people miss it because of its simplicity. So you are now a child of God. Then you begin to read the word of God, think on what 
what you have read, memorize it, pray it to God. God is now your Father. Find a Bible believing, teaching and practicing church and fellowship with believers. Now you need to know that uh, as you ingest the Word of God, it becomes a tool in the hand of the Holy Spirit that you ask into your heart. It becomes a tool in His hand to reshape your life, to rebuild your life, to change you from one degree of glory uh, to uh, another. So it is the Holy Spirit's job to produce Christ-like character in us. And this He does by using the Word of God that is in our heart. So that means we must be an ardent student of the uh, Bible after giving our life to Christ. Okay, in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, the Bible says, The Lord make us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Also in Philippians 2.13, the Bible says, God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. So it is God, through the Holy Spirit, working in us to do not only to desire, but to also do what is pleasing in his sight by his power. So becoming like Jesus is not by imitation, but it is by inhabitation, being inhabited by the Holy Spirit of Christ and then walking through you. So we simply allow Christ to live through us. It is not by struggling. The secret of the new life is that Christ really lives in the believer. That's what we see in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, everything. And this happens in real life through the choices we make every day. God is not going to force you to make a different choice than the one you have decided to make. But the Holy Spirit will guide you and point to you what is right for you to do, what is the right choices for you to make in different circumstances. So you will be left. Now that you know the truth, you will be left to make the right choices as you will. But what he will do is give you the power to decide to follow up on the right choice that you have made. Now we talk about how cumbersome this, this step to becoming like Jesus, how cumbersome it can be. I want to say that uh, God is not a taskmaster. Our God is not a taskmaster. I have children. I wouldn't ask them to do what I know they cannot do. The same way our Heavenly Father knows what we are capable of doing. And if He's asking us to do something, He has given the power to do it. So to give our life to Christ and to live the Christ-like life, it is simple. The steps to it are simple. They are straightforward. People miss it because of the simplicity. God only wants us to trust His plan for us in order to enter into and then walk in the new life. However, having said that, that it is simple, it is straightforward. All you need to do is trust Him uh, to help you to enter into and to walk in this, this uh, uh, plan for the new life. I need to say this, that uh, we must not forget that Satan is still around. So he will come to you and tell you that your sins are too much to be forgiven, just like that. He will sow doubts into your heart to make you feel that, is it really true? Is that the way it works? No sacrifice, no nothing given, no money given, just saved like that. But that is the plan of salvation of God. Also, your friends may call you names. They will pester you to join them in their own lifestyle and so on and so forth. 
you will pass through persecution from different sides. That is a possibility also. So these are some of the things that can make it difficult to really fully enter into walking into the, in the new life. Of course, there are times when you wouldn't feel like praying or even opening the Bible to read or even fellowship. And of course, also, there are moments as you are growing, there are moments that you unintentionally sin, mistakenly. Satan will pick on you. You can be sure of that. He will accuse you and tell you your new life is not authentic. It is not real. You are deceiving yourself. You will sow doubt into your heart. Sometimes you may even hear or see believers, you know, probably more older Christians doing things or living lives that negates what you have read in the Bible or what you know is right. That can also be discouraging. But one thing I need you to know is that whatever the difficulty you encounter, if you have chosen to follow Jesus and you have made up your mind, you want to do it, he will send help at such times when you face a difficulty to strengthen you and to ensure that uh, you keep on without uh, looking back. Wow, great. Thank you so much, sir, for pointing out those steps that we have to take and for making us to understand that God is not a taskmaster. All right, so we are going to the segments. Um, lead me to Jesus segment, I call it, where we give opportunity to people, introduce Jesus to people and people to Jesus. Over to you, sir. Thank you very much. Um, I want to thank everyone of us who are online right now, who are watching the recorded version of this program. Uh, God has perfected the plan of salvation. And like I said earlier, it's so simple. It's so straightforward. He said, if you will believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you will be saved. Simple, straightforward. See, let me tell you, friends, there is no amount of sin you have committed. There is no magnitude of sin you have committed that God cannot forget, uh, forgive in an instant. The Bible says if we confess our sin, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all our sins. How many? All of the sins. Think about it. God knows it all. All he's asking you to do is come to him. He's ready to give you a new beginning. He will wipe away your sins. He will cleanse you. He will give you a new beginning and a new life. You will get and you will, you will acquire a new status. You will be called the son of God. Because the Bible says those who receive him, God gave to them the power to become a son of God. At this point, I just want to pray with you. If you want to give your life to Jesus, Jesus will save you this very moment if you will just say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for going to the cross for me. I know that I am a sinner. I've done a lot of wrong things over time. I come to you today just the way I am. I trust in the power of your blood and the sacrifice you made from in Calvary to cleanse to redeem me, to forgive me, and to give me a new beginning. Lord Jesus, as I come to you today, I regret of all the sins I've committed, and I ask for your forgiveness. I ask for your cleansing, and I ask that you save me. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you come into my heart and make me a new man. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have done that, I want to congratulate you. You are saved. It's as simple as that. God is not a liar. He does whatever he says. He keeps with his words. You are a child of God now. And I'm going to pray with you in a moment. Father, I want to thank you for saving that your son, that your daughter at this moment. Thank you because his life and life will never remain the same. And I ask you by your Holy Spirit that you lead them on from this point and reveal yourself more and more unto them until they see you in glory. Thank you, Father, for answer prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. I congratulate you for giving your life to Jesus. It's a new beginning for you. It's a new day for you. And I encourage you, find a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, Bible-practicing church and start attending. Get a Bible and uh, start reading. If you need a Bible, you can get across to the coordinator. We will organize a Bible for you. The Lord bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Dr. Parmakane. Uh, yes, if you, anytime, anywhere you get this message and you need the Bible, please feel free to send us a message on this program. We will get Bible across to you. Yes, we will. All right. Thank you, Dr. Farmerkin. Um, Let's go to the final segment. And my question to you on this final segment is, what is the guarantee that the new life in Christ will not be affected by the old life? Um, like where we have read in the Bible, I have my life that I have been living. So you just preached or you just teach me and I give my life to Christ but how is said what is the guarantee that that new life that I'm taking on now will not be affected by that old life that I just left behind thank you very much for that beautiful question um, let's begin by looking at the word lifestyle okay so what do we mean when we talk about lifestyle a lifestyle is a set of established pattern of living. The way you live consistently, and you've been doing that over time, becomes your lifestyle, the way you eat, the way you drink, the kind of friendship you keep, where you walk, your definition of pleasure, your definition of enjoyment, and so on and so forth. All these things put together defines what we call your lifestyle. So then, the old lifestyle is a lifestyle of consistent and intentional disobedience to God. You will remember that before you gave your life to Jesus, almost every single thing that God said He doesn't want, those are the things you want to do. So the old lifestyle is a life that is consistently disobedient to God. And a lot of the time, intentionally, because we simply wanted to have our way. In contrast, the new life is a lifestyle of consistent and intentional obedience to God. I want you to take note of those two words, consistent and intentional. So both of them are hinged on those two words, whether the old lifestyle or the new lifestyle, both of them are hinged on the two words, consistent and intentional. We're consistently and intentionally disobeying God before. But with the new life, now you consistently and intentionally obey God. And I want you to know that every single time that we choose to obey God, 
rather than choosing to do what is pleasing to us, what we want to do, what satisfies us, we succeed in truncating the return of the old lifestyle. The old lifestyle we want to come back. Those old appetites, those things you love to drink, those kind of food you love to eat, those places you love to go, those kind of old friends you like to keep their company, they will want to filter back into, into your life again. But every single time you make the choice to say no to those old lifestyles, you have shut the door and truncated the return of the old lifestyle. Now let's talk about say it is possible for us, even after we have been saved, we have become a child of God, we are born again, it's possible for us to mistakenly now, take note of it, mistakenly sin. When that happens, what do we do? You quickly, instantly return to God and ask for forgiveness. Ask that the blood of Jesus cleanse you. You exhibit true, genuine repentance and God will forgive you and cleanse you. When you do that also, you have truncated the return of the old lifestyle. Don't forget that we say lifestyle, what we do, you know, uh, it, it, we say it's an established pattern of living. So you don't allow that a pattern to be formed again, a pattern of disobedience to God's word, a pattern of disobedience to God's uh, desire, God's instruction for you. You don't allow it to creep in again. Anytime it shows up to truncate it by saying no, and if you mistakenly fall into sin, you ask for forgiveness instantly. That also truncates the return of the old lifestyle. So I want to say that uh, the fundamental key to growing in the new life is obedience to God's uh, instruction. Every single known instruction of God, you just say, yes, Lord, you go ahead and do it without even waiting to contemplate it. So the, 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 the final answer to that question is that you can shut the door. You can shut the door that will, come, that will lead you back into the old life by consistently obeying God. So then, if you ask me, uh, is it not possible for the old lifestyle to affect the new life? I want to say that it is and it is not. It is if you continue to disobey God consistently, intentionally. It is not if you decide to continue to obey God consistently and intentionally. Thank you so much sir god bless you all right my last question for the day are there any exemptions from life's crisis temptations challenges for anyone who takes on the new life is the new life free of hitches is the new life uh a life where once you accept Christ, then you just flow in the abundance. Thank you very much for that question. I know that this is the kind of question almost every believer wants to ask. Most of the time, people just give their life to Christ. Okay, so let me quickly say that no, the new life does not exempt us from life crises, problems, and challenges. We will understand that we live in a fallen world where we, even though we are Christian, we are children of God, we are still adversely affected by the poor or wrong choices that some other people around us make. Okay? So let's look at it for example. You know, people 
do things that produce the environment. For example, factories, you know, releases, you know, um, dangerous uh, fumes and exhaust into the air. We all inhale it. And the people become sick because of that. Okay, irrespective of the fact that they are Christian or they are they are born again or they are not born again. So we discover that because of the falling nature of our world and the state of our universe as it is, we are subject to a lot of negative things going on around us. We can affect our health and so many other areas of our lives. When you are uh, when you when you enter into a, a, a vehicle, you, you, took, you wanted to take a bus or a car to travel somewhere. The fact that you have done your utmost best to drive safely, to do everything, doesn't mean that somebody else with wrong choices and poor judgment cannot create problems that will result in an accident on the road. So then, the new life does not exempt us from life crisis, problems, and their challenges. But then, uh, Jesus never hid this one from us. Also, in the book of John, chapter 6, verse 33, it says, I have told you all this so that you have, you may have peace in me. He said, Here or not, we have many trials and sorrows. Say, but take care because I have overcome the world. Jesus himself, while he was here, he went through trials and troubles and temptations and crises and problems and conflicts. And the Bible made us to realize that uh, no servant is permitted to be greater than the master. So if Jesus went through all that because of the falling nature of our world, which I just explained earlier, then we are not immune to crises, we are not immune to temptations, we are not immune to challenges, we are not immune to troubles of life. But one thing we can be sure of is that he said, be of Bushia, take heart, because I have overcome the world. The Lord promised us that uh, He will not leave us nor forsake us. When we are in the when we are in trouble, He will be with us. He will save us. He will deliver. There are dozens and hundreds of promises in the Scripture. In fact, theologians tell us that there are 366 fair notes in the Bible. In other words, one fair note for every day. So then, that means that we are covered. So having said that, I need to point out that uh, unfortunately, a lot of Christians and preachers, um, they, a lot of the time they are very economic often with the, some of the critical truths and realities of the new life in Christ. They tell people, oh, once you give your life to Christ, oh, no problem any longer, you're going to become rich, the job of your dream will come. That woman of your dream will come to your life. That man of your dream will come to your life. They tell you all kind of beautiful things. They close their eyes on all the other critical realities of life that, uh, that pervades our society and the environment, whether you are born again or you are not born again. So I need to say that we will be sure to study as Christians as ministers of God, as preachers, we need to study uh, the scriptures critically, understand the word of God so that we can uh, deliver a balanced gospel to those who need to be saved and those who need to grow in the, 
the, the, the new life that they have found in the Christ Jesus. We need to really, really uh, do that. And God will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. So today we have looked at the new life in Christ, conforming to the new life in Christ with Dr. Famaki. Uh, thank you everyone for watching us from around the world. This is Let's Talk About Jesus, where we discuss issues and challenges of life and we'll look at the solution from the word of god and so today you have listened to dr famaki explaining giving us steps and things that needs to be done and things that we should not engage in uh, so thank you dr famaki for coming on this let's talk about jesus program today thank you very much moderator and uh, of course i hope uh, when next we call on to you you will find time to join us again on this program. Go help me out again. All right, thank you so much, sir. Uh, to all our viewers, again, thank you so much. Uh, you can go to the website, solomonoluabi.com, uh, and you can send us email too, fewpoint at solomonoluabi.com. Uh, please, if you need Bible, send us message, let us know. We will get one across to you. We will get one across to you. You can check check out the social media platform, uh, YouTube. You'll be able to see us there. And of course, on Facebook, go find us on Let's Talk About Jesus. And until next week, Sunday at 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, I say remain blessed and have a wonderful week. <laughs>